0: Hmm.
1: and I was like oh where's Vince Vaughn this is a bit boring I wish Vince Vaughn was around and then I sort of sat watching the rest of the film going where's Vince Vaughn (laughs) where's Vince Vaughn gone I want Vince Vaughn
2: I'd love it if as he's giving this speech they cut to some of the some of the families of the people (laughs) (laughs) we've been eating Hammond branded incensed
0: yeah exactly (laughs) that's
1: That's exactly isn't it my the dog only... was eaten, says small child from a suspiciously quiet suburb.
2: Throw away the key, says mum of eaten, beaten meat and <laughs> dog. <laughs> hello, welcome to Shark Liver Oil. I'm Matt. I'm Dave, hello. We're back yes! with part two of Shark Liver Oil's watch-through of The Lost World. We, um, we only
1: watch the best Matt we only watch the very best
2: yeah we've done the book and we've done the first part of the film and rather wisely split it into two because last time we did this we did Jurassic Park the film and it was a four <laughs> and a half hour podcast
1: <laughs> which and um to glimpse behind the curtain Matt ended up doing the edit on that one and uh, and I think I still owe him beer for it so
2: you will always owe me beer for that one <laughs> because it was the biggest most mammoth task i've ever undertaken apart from the dissertation i did so <laughs>
1: <laughs> Brilliant. that so it's it's talking about jurassic park for four and a half hours then editing it and significant academic achievement those are the two things that are really yeah. seared into your memory nice nice
2: yeah so we normally do books but um, every so often if there's a film that's uh, sort of emerged from the book we we take a look at that as well so this time it's the lost world we last left the uh, the Hardy crew of the Lost World, um, they'd all got together the hunters and the observers, the nature people, um, and they're all in a bit of a pickle because the hunters have lost all their stuff, um, basically because the environmentalists just <laughs> ran amok. Because the
1: observers <laughs> failed simply to observe and decided <laughs> to bring some bring some socket wrench action into the situation.
2: Yeah. And um and the, the the observers, the environmentalists, their trailer's just gone off a cliff and um Little Bald Eddie's just been eaten. Poor one out.
1: Oh, poor one out. I'm still sad about <laughs> it. I really am Matt Like he was my like, insofar as there's a protagonist in this, because I can't aspire to being Ian Malcolm, can I? Yeah. And and while I might want to aspire to being like Sarah Harding in the book, certainly in the film she seems to be a an, an initiative free cipher. So, you know, <laughs> What am I left with there? I've got Eddie, I've, I've got Vince Vaughan, or I've got flipping, you know, Tobias Fjunkie, Carnotaurus, still haven't seen him yet.
2: <laughs> yeah. So um, they've got a plan, though, which is um, march to the interior of the island where all the carnivores <laughs> where live. Where all the carnivores are. <laughs> Um, they're because, all in the
1: middle because of moats yeah
2: yeah cuz they've got a radio over there some kind of like old system that runs on geothermal power don't think too hard about it um <laughs> so they got to get there but that's where the velociraptors are as well which is uh, obviously not great
1: I like so, that they dropped that in despite having gone to pains to set up a really stupid setup where the idea is that all the predators live in the middle and all the prey lives on the edge and the predators never go to where the prey are for some reason so you're safe if you're on the outside. They did a whole complicated setup and then they still couldn't resist the temptation to like set up a journey across the middle of the island which is only really, really given the dramatic music when they also say, but that's where the velociraptors live. <laughs> <laughs> like it wasn't dramatic enough that you were going to go tap dancing across the flipping Tyrannosaur paddock or whatever. No.
2: Yeah. It's also where the Carnotaurus live, but I'm, I'm not. I'm not holding <laughs> <ruining> out much <up>. hope.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just. I so desperately because I forgot they were in the book. I, I am <laughs> kind of. There's a bit of me that thinks maybe, maybe they'll be in the film as well.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, they start this march to to sort of the interior of the island um and we get a little bit of sort of more exposition uh, as they move along they take this break and um the creepy guy who's played by Peter Stormer, obviously um, <laughs> this is
1: <laughs> one day he's going to get costed, cast a bit in a rom-com and that's going to be a very confusing <laughs> experience
2: yeah he wanders off into the jungle to take a t- to take a piss um tells his friend Carter to listen out for him, who's got his headphones on, and gets lost. And basically <laughs> over the course of the next few minutes, gets eaten by compass. He basically gets Hammonded, like John Hammond had from yeah, the book. Yeah. Um, but instead of taking down a, an injured ninety year old man, it's <laughs> like this this really like strong guy. Experienced uh,
1: gamekeeper as well, right? Like, mm. this guy who's on the mission in order to be the guy who knows how to deal with being in wild places with wild things. And then the way he dies is he trips down a slope and gets eaten by a collection of chicken-sized lizards.
2: <laughs> yeah. I've got to be honest, though. The premise is ridiculous there, but the film does manage to sell it in terms of... I kind of, kind of believe yeah. that he could get killed this way.
1: I think... It, um, half of that is the fact that he's just so gloriously played a complete wanker. Mm. Like he's he's got he's gone and cashed the check from um, <laughs> from being in Fargo and just doubled down on that kind of dead-eyed character who's not to be trusted. Um uh so fifty percent of it is you're sort of rooting for it to happen. But yeah, you're right, fifty percent of it is if you've ever been for a walk in the woods, even if there weren't You know hundreds of massive Multi ton prehistoric predators around You do have The the moment don't you where you're like I do not know what I'm doing Like if somebody else has got the map and you're just following Mm. You're like I had better Stay close here because otherwise shit could Get real Now admittedly (laughs) shit getting real doesn't often look Like being eaten by tiny tiny dinosaurs One little bite at a time But it could it could Matt that's the Mm. thing
2: Um, Worst moment In this for me there's a bit where one of them starts having a go on his lip, and he sort of pulls it <laughs> oh, off. It's horrible, him. isn't it? Oh yeah,
1: that's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but it's it's a really interesting sort of Steven Spielberg as of barely engaged on this film, clearly, but also like somebody who was quite at pains to make family-friendly films, or or in the mid '90s when this was made, sort of you know quite serious theme movies like Schindler's List. Mm. Um, but this, he goes right back to this sort of kind of early '80s sense of gremlins and kind of little bit of little bit of nastiness, little bit of what would happen if you had something with sharp razor sharp teeth like that attached to your lip. You know, uh, in yeah. another movie, he would have ripped off a chunk of his own lip there. And <laughs> oh, yeah. we can all agree, good thing he didn't.
2: But yeah, you're right. It's a real, it's a real sort of horror scene. This, and yeah, the reason that this guy can get taken down by chicken-sized dinosaurs is because they're poisonous. So they're making yeah. him slower and more sluggish. He does a good job of sort of displaying that the actor. But I mean, yeah. it's it's actually quite subtly how it's done. You know, it, the, mm. the, I don't know if anyone does. Oh, I think actually, the the geeky paleontologist guy earlier on might say they're poisonous. Um, but it's it's never yeah. this point, he do, you know he doesn't sort of turn away and go oh oh no, it's poison or something like that, you know, doesn't mean, bite, beat you over the head with it.
1: You'd love to see Peter the Stormare really lose his shit and kind of really <laughs> nail the narrative point home, but I, this is actually an interesting question that I was thinking about while we were watching this, is there's quite a lot of plot points that just don't seem to land in this film hmm. like, okay, so do is are, am I supposed to care that the predators are in the middle of the island and the prey around the edges because then you just sort of go and ignore that anyway mm. like these things are poisonous and that does explain why they can kill somebody that size who's experienced with animals but it's never really brought out and I can't work out if I'm just being really lazy as a watcher of this film or if the film is failing to land its sort of narrative points. What do you think?
2: (laughs) I think someone's being lazy in this film. I wouldn't say it's you. (laughs) Fair Um, enough. Yeah, Uh, yeah. but so then, so he disappears and uh, some people go off to look for him, Roland and a couple of others. So, rather bizarrely, Nick, uh, Vince Vaughn, the guy who sort of got everyone into this mess by releasing all the dinosaurs, um, kind of becomes de facto leader, because he's more working class than Peter Ludlow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> do you recognise that bit then? I he's did.
1: Uh, it was brilliant. Well, it's, I mean, so the argument is he's a photojournalist and he's 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 seen some shit, and so he kind of knows how to handle himself around large animals. My question is, quite apart from the palpable ridiculousness of that, but um, so that we're saying that InGen, this massive corporation hired professional gamekeepers to come with them, and they only hired two of them, and the, the, one of them's a psychopath, and the more senior one immediately decided to knock off at the start of the job and leave everything <laughs> yeah. to the psychopath, who has now been killed, and so he's going to go again and find this guy. There's nobody else in the in team. There's hundreds well, of people in this ingén team. There's bloody millions of them. None of them know about walking through jungle environments. That seems well, an oversight. De- there's,
2: there's definitely a third guy, that AJ guy, who's his best mate. Oh, yeah. And I don't, I don't know what he's doing now. He's he, such <laughs> <he's, he's laughs> a non event I'll leave character. it to the
1: guy in the beret, feels fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah.
2: So they carry on. It gets to night time. Um, everyone sort of get, pitches the tents. Goes to sleep. I think everyone goes to sleep. I don't even think there's anybody on watch, um, and they sort of. Oh no, actually, there's. Well, maybe maybe Malcolm is on watch because he sort of notices when the other guys come back, but um, so Roland returns. Um, did say that they only found bits of 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 this guy, and um, they're not the only they're not the only visitors to the camp that night.
1: <laughs> 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 right, before we go further with this scene which yeah. which though it is stupid is also quite enjoyable. Um am I right in thinking that they've pitched their tents in a stream?
2: Yeah, it kind of looks like that, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean for the sake of having when what happens next happens, you know, big feet causing big backlit splashes, that is also that you know that's very very entertaining obviously. But yeah. um I'm not crazy. Like they've, they've got halfway across this island and then gone, I'll tell you what, we'll put the tents up in the running water. That'll mm. be fine. That'll be alright. That's a good idea. Let's do it. Or even next to it, quite a shallow stream. <laughs> Probably not. You
2: know what? I I'd, I'd love it if um, Roland, because earlier on, um, Peter said, let's set, Ludlow said, let's set up camp here and it's like, this is a game trail, you dozy bastard we're not setting up camp here <laughs> I reckon this is Ludlow again saying oh, we're right next to the water, let's set up here that's like, a major good idea water source, where all the, all the, <laughs> where animals, all the animals are going to
1: come <laughs> at night when it's safer so they're less likely to get eaten and drink the water and then notice the surprisingly convenient snack-sized human beings in yeah. the small containers directly to the right of the water. Yeah, that's brilliant. I love the idea of, of, uh, of Roland coming back and just being like, one look, where is he? Who? <laughs> fucking Ludlow, <laughs> tell me where he is. Because he and I are going to have words.
2: <laughs> You've got to be fucking kidding me. Right <laughs> next to the water.
1: <laughs> to the water, though. The water in the... I can't be having with this. Give me the whiskey bottle. You can get off the island for yourselves. I'm swimming it because i'm pete postlethwaite
2: a j where's a j who's AJ? j oh, i'll forget it <laughs> oh. <laughs>
1: uh, oh should we actually maybe a j is the first entry on a list that we should make about this film of characters who are nowhere to be seen after a certain point and who do not get their own exit point <laughs> number one a anyway. j dot 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 to be continued
2: yeah so um so yeah, the, the Tyrannosaur <laughs> turns up, or one of them. Um, and, oh no, I think they both turn up. And uh, the reason this has happened, it appears, because the one of them goes straight to Sarah and Kelly's tent, sticks its head in, which is a great visual, great oh, yeah. scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it, it has a good sniff of... Do you remember those clothes absolutely soaked in... The blood of the baby Tyrannosaur
1: <laughs> Yes, I do. Yes,
2: which which Sarah was still inexplicably wearing, even after saying that they're still going to try and follow us, and they've got a really good <laughs> sense of smell. <laughs> yes, yeah, I do remember that. Yes, well, they smell in them and <laughs> <laughs> Sarah sort of wakes up and I'd imagine looks and goes oh
0: yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: once again I've been set up as an incredible badass only for my own actions to undercut the idea that I could any in any sense be a credible screen presence
2: yeah just when you Tick. think she, she couldn't appear any more stupid she hurriedly tries to start stuffing like the food into a plastic bag as if that's the thing that's attracting it yeah t-rex is they
1: love a dime bar though don't they they love a dime (laughs) bar
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's a massive blood-soaked Garment above her head, <laughs> soaked she's in the blood
1: h- of its infant offspring. Yeah. Right, and she's trying to hide the sort of mini cheddars in a <laughs> type <behind>. No, because <laughs> they've got this incredible sense of smell, as I've mentioned previously. So, uh, yeah, we probably better deal with all of this uh, this food because oranges we've got here. They love those. They smell those miles away.
2: Yeah. So, um, luckily for Sarah, Carter, the guy who always has his headphones in, wakes up. And sees the Tyrannosaur and just starts screaming. And that means the Tyrannosaur lifts its head up with, just, the, with the tent on it. Which, which, is
1: which, is, which is obviously absolute gold. And <laughs> I, I'm not going to throw stones at that. But I do have a question about Carter. Who do, do you think he missed the training day for how to survive in predator-rich environments in the jungle? Like, you know, morning session making sure that in your buddy system you always pay attention to where your buddy is and you don't, for example, play your music on your headphones so loudly that you can't hear what's going on. Hmm. Session two, afternoon, how not to antagonise predators (laughs) screaming in their faces.
2: The fact he was wearing his headphones in this incredibly dangerous place.
1: (laughs) remarkably debonair about it, isn't he? You know what this needs? You know what this needs, though? This needs a bit of Cypress Hill, is what this needs. Throw down. <laughs> uh, yeah, I reckon he was listening to a bit of, like,
2: Sigur Ross or something. Like, oh, to, he's just trying to chill out.
1: <laughs> That's it. I like the ambient soundscapes, man. It's just, I need some more Icelandic in this situation. What? <laughs> oh, everybody's been eaten. Oh, well.
2: Anyway, his troubles are soon over, because as everybody makes a run for it, and the Trannasar chases them, he gets squashed. Uh, yeah, he gets sort of knocked over, and then uh, then the Trina sort of stands on him. Pretty great. And
1: then and then there's and then there's another bit of you know Spielberg inventive nastiness where it, that's shot from behind, isn't it? So he gets squashed like, yeah. by the foot, and then we follow the T Rex as it continues to walk, and as it lifts up the same foot, you can see like an arm and a leg hanging down from it and sort of dangling in the dirt a little bit. Before yeah. He, before he zooms away. Yeah.
2: Gets squashed.
1: Yeah. Ugh no less Um, than he deserved (laughs) sorry sorry. he had it coming he had it coming,
2: (laughs) fuck him Um, so they all make a run for it Um, Malcolm, no not Malcolm Vince Vaughn and uh, Sarah and Kelly and the paleontologist guy all, all jump under the waterfall um can can you guess which one of those four might be it <laughs> <laughs>
1: he looked down and realized that as well as everything else he was literally wearing a red shirt
2: <laughs> bugger he said yeah i mean this is a really nice callback to the fe- uh, to the book the first book yes yeah um we've said this we've talked about this before how um the <laughs> and, and this has struck me this time even more so that uh, that the film borrows almost as much from the first book as it does from the book it sort of is purportedly to be based upon. might um, even be
1: more, you know. Like, I yeah. feel like you could go through Certainly in terms of big set pieces, it's, yeah. like, yeah, as you say, this is one of the big set pieces in the first one. Um, mm. I'm not sure it's not better in the first one still, because it's this really great fake-out sort of sends you one yeah. way and then sends you the other in the first book. Yeah. Whereas, um, although, I, I, yeah, sorry. Go on. sorry.
2: I was going to say, apparently the... Um, I, I was reading that the... Steven Spielberg, when he sort of decided to shoot this film, they basically took the island with dinosaurs, like a, a second island with dinosaurs, and the trailer scene. And kind of, other than that, that was about as much as they took from the book. From the yeah, second, just rock and roll with book. it. Yeah. yeah. Well, because and wasn't he, he it that
1: told- Crichton was still working on the sequel book while the sequel film was being filmed, so... it's Spielberg's like what's the best bit you've got and he's like t Rex's trailers brilliant send it to me done
2: yeah yeah because apparently well apparently he told the screenwriter to um, definitely watch The Lost World um, the sort of 1920s film was it that? Um, oh the Conan Doyle the Conan Doyle book yeah, yeah cool. he said you got to watch that uh, don't worry so much about reading the, the,
1: the sequel. Don't <laughs> worry so much about reading the book. <laughs> Crying must have been gutted. <laughs> That's hilarious. Oh, he's laughing all the way to the bank, though, isn't he? He still gets the, yeah. the executive producer credit for something yeah. that basically he just failed upwards there. He didn't manage to get the sequel done in time. And Spielberg's like, oh, I'll have 5% anyway. Go on. Enjoy it.
2: <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they're, they're in this waterfall, This this group. And um, yeah, the paleontologist gets dragged out and eaten because a snake like slithers down his uh, slithers down his shirt. Um, right. So I, it's yeah. easy
1: for me to rag on that scene, but I I, I actually do want to know, that because I saw this when I was in my early teens. Um yeah. the, that scene is one of the scenes that really stayed with me because first of all because of the sort of brightly colouredness of the snake that slithers down his throat. Mm -hmm. down his neck to freak him out and get him out through this waterfall um which is absolutely i was like yep that's exactly what i'd be expecting to happen the whole time i was on the island (laughs) um but then secondly the um uh, uh the fact that he runs out through the water and there's a moment and then there's a crunch and then there's and then the waterfall runs red and I was just again it's a bit route one you know same as the guy hanging off the bottom of the t-rex's foot and all of that but for a 14 year old it was absolutely bang on the money like (laughs) what I was expecting this film to do and I don't know (laughs) yeah it's good
2: I've got an interesting bit of background to this um to this part of the of the film uh cribbed from wikipedia but I have no yeah. reason to dis do not believe it. So there was a the paleontologist who worked on the film was called Jack Corner. Um <clears throat> and this guy, um this like geeky paleontologist guy called Burke is is uh is based on this real-life paleontologist called Robert Bakker. Um like so it's they were like rivals these two. Oh and, right. And um and apparently Jack Corner always argued that the T-Rex was a scavenger, and Bakker argued that it was a predator. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, Spielberg has this Burt character based on Bakker killed off, and apparently this guy loved it when he watched it. Uh, But the (laughs) best thing is, he he, he sent a message to Horner saying, see, I told you the T-Rex was a hunter.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's incredible. That's fantastic. Drops mic. Leave Symposium, I love, there's just a bit of me, I'd hate it to be my life, but there's a bit of me that really does appreciate overhearing, like, what passes for smackdowns in academic discourse, <laughs> like, I, nah, I gave advice to a major Hollywood production in which a character loosely based on you is killed in a way I advocate, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: so yeah, so, so that's, that's a little bit of background to that. We then see the hunters running away. They all run into the long grass and RJ's back and, um, and he shouts, don't go into the long grass. Is that the only line he has in the whole film? Um, there's also, um, does he not say something? I think he says something when, they, when him and Roland are creeping around after the Tyrannosaur.
1: Um, Oh yeah, yeah. He says, he says. It's it's something quite functional, though, isn't it? This is his one (laughs) shot at glory, one shot at a memorable line. But the problem is, for this whole film, there's only space for one memorable line, and we all know that it's Ian Malcolm going. That's how it starts with oohs and ahs. But later, there's running and screaming. Yeah, that's it. Sorry, RJ. Next film, mate.
2: Yeah. So your shapes don't go into the long grass, and then runs in anyway. I always wondered why he did that.
1: (laughs) It's because he's a tertiary character in this film and it's his job to get dead. That's Mm. it.
2: Or maybe he thinks, you know what, I'd rather take my chances with the group than sort of strike out on my own when there's a Tyrannosaur knocking about.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And given what he probably... What hopefully he does know as a gamekeeper about the game trails and what's living in the grass.
2: Mm. Yeah. We cut back briefly to the camp where the other Tyrannosaur's still there. And Roland turns up with his gun. Um, <laughs> Vince Fawns nicked the shells, so that's useless. So he got to chuck his shotgun away.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> that's the best image of counterproductive environmentalism I've ever seen in my entire life. Just. <laughs> Not to say that that's in any sense fair a representation of what, but it is a great representation of the movie or media trope of the well meaning person who does something because of a broad principle which in the micro example totally screws them
2: yeah i'm not i'm not i mean i'm no I'm no gun expert, but I'm not convinced a shotgun from sort of a hundred meters away is going to do the job anyway with it with a Tyrannosaur.
1: You're probably right but again, but yeah, like you my firearms knowledge is extremely minimal so I, I wouldn't <laughs> pretend I, but however, within this story universe, it's worth noting that when Robert Muldoon decided that he needed to take out a T-Rex, he used a grenade launcher so <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah. a shotgun not going to do the job
2: Yeah, a grenade launcher with a four pint carton of tranquilizer in it, it just shows how far technology has come in four years because Roland's got this gun, which he just got a dart in it, and he fires this at the T-Rex, and as we later find out, it does the job. It is quite a badass moment for him. This, where he sort of faces it down, Muldoon style. Again, yeah. this is another one they've kind of nicked from the from the first book, and he takes. Oh him yes, the yes,
1: so it is. Yeah, yeah.
2: Hmm. Uh, so then we go back to the long grass because Malcolm and Vince Vaughn and Kelly um, and Sarah make it there. One sec, and uh, they decide to, to have a run for it through the grass as well. Um, there is you a- make it
1: sound like a frolic, like like running through fields of wheat. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> go on, let's just go for a run <laughs> through the grass. Yeah, Teresa there as well. <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly handy with a left hook on a Velociraptor.
2: Yeah, um, you hear this off camera scream. Um, And then they decide to to sprint. Apparently, that was actually the guy who plays RJ.
1: Really? Yeah. They brought him in for the Wilhelm scream. That's fantastic.
2: (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. It would have been good if it was a Wilhelm scream. (laughs) It would have been even better, but, you know. (laughs) Yeah, so they run through the grass. And somehow, just simply because they're all primary characters, I think, none of them get eaten, even though all the hunters go. Got killed.
1: <laughs> got your got your character shields up.
2: Oh yeah, character shields at max there, so that they're through. Um, then Vince Vaughn decides to run on because Ian's hurt his ankle again.
1: God, and screw <clears throat> him! I'm Vince Vaughn. I'm going to survive.
2: Yeah, yeah. So he runs on ahead. Um, gets to the gets to the old building. Goes inside has a slow sort of walk around just to look at how weird it all looks. I like the bit where he sort of... He he uncovers the sort of mural and he thinks... He does this sort of like, whoa, like, what the fuck? And I quite like that moment.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's what Vince Vaughn was there for. We found it, mark it, and not before time as well, because I don't think Vince Vaughn's going to be in this film for much longer.
2: Yeah, well, I didn't think... I thought that the first time I watched it because I saw that when I saw the trailer, um, there's the bit, there was the bit where Vince Vaughn says you gotta send help now over the radio. Yeah. And that's cut I always I used to think that was cut directly to a scene where a raptor sort of jumps him and jumps on a table. So oh, I right. was waiting for him to I was waiting for him to get killed when I yeah. watched this the first time.
1: Um, and and it doesn't happen.
2: Yeah. But so, I, I think I, I think actually the trailer it might have been there's a moment later on where malcolm gets kind of like i think a raptor jumps through a window and malcolm's there and i think maybe they cut it with that scene and it just sort of threw me because i oh, w- okay. i always thought it was some kind of deleted scene or something that i just missed yeah but um but no oh that's sometimes. okay
1: we, we've solved the mystery of that but we're we're not going to solve the mystery of what happens to vince vaughn i don't think <laughs> no
2: no um so I think I think he's still around after this, but not for, for a very, very maybe one more short scene.
1: Very for a shot, I think is what he's around for. Like I think I think he gets them on the helicopter.
2: Yeah, because Malcolm and Sarah and Kelly, yeah, they make it to this place as well, and then we get this this whole sort of almost Benny Hill style raptors chasing.
1: ex <laughs> 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 Thank you. That's brilliant. That puts the capstone on something that I've thought for two decades without really thinking it through very well. But yeah, that's exactly what it is. Just la da la la da da la la but with Raptors. Yeah, cuz it almost feels sometimes that the
2: Raptors aren't even trying that hard. They are just sort of screwing around.
1: Yeah, it does feel that way, doesn't it? Cuz it's all sort of I mean, they're running, and there's all sorts of very impressive running. You know, a lot of their ability to survive depends upon the idea that all of these buildings, which were built by a major international corporation, were built exceedingly cheap and likely to collapse. Um, mm. But, but you know, they do it. But, and I can't really. Well, there was a moment during this sequence, which I, which I'm sure we'll come to. But the um, uh, that sort of made me think. Am I being dumped out of this by the fact that the raptors are playing with them, as you might expect a cat to play with a mouse, or am I being dumped out of this by the fact that the raptors are puppets? Like, mm. am I being dumped out of it by poorly managed puppets, right? And I'm I'm not at all sure which one of those it is. But I'll, I'll the particular moment I'll talk about when we get there, so it'll be in a couple of minutes.
2: Well, is it is it the moment with Malcolm? Where he's in like a, he sort of grabs a door and holds it out, and the raptor hits it. No, because that that's that's the moment that always um, like jars for me because it's almost like um, it's a performance with like performing animals, because like, he, he, he grabs yeah, the door, like, holds it, it out, and then it butts the, butts the door and yeah, sends him well, flying. It's, its,
1: it's pro-wrestling, isn't it? It's <laughs> like, I'm going to hold the metal chair, and I'm going to swing it a little bit towards you, but you're going to run into it full pelt, so it looks like we've done some damage here. <laughs> here we go. Wh- 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 Bump. It's Hulk Hogan the Velociraptor, is what we've got here. No, it wasn't that moment, actually, though. What it was, was um, uh, the bit when um Kelly and Sarah are in the shed oh, yeah. and you get you get that glorious callback because kelly Kelly kills a velociraptor by the cunning use of gymnastics <laughs> um, but like that was one of the moments that my friends came out of that movie talking about because they thought it was really funny and apposite and stuff so cool <laughs> um but um uh immediately before that, before they flee up into the rafters of that shed um uh Sarah tries to dig a hole out underneath the, <laughs> yeah. un, underneath the back wall of this thing. Because so the raptors have come from one direction. So she runs to the other wall and tries to dig out underneath. And, and she, <laughs> she digs out a hole that's big enough for them to get through. And pokes her head through to check. Questionable oh, yeah. decision making there. But she gets away with it. Comes back in. And then gets Kelly to come in. By the time she's done that, a a raptor has appeared from who knows where and stuck its head exactly where it would previously have been able to eat Sarah Harding's head off. And And it looks... The head of the thing could not look any more like a man with a velociraptor model (laughs) on his hand, going, I don't know, maybe it would look like this if we made it dig, sort of thing. And then the, the head disappears and the claws appear to try and think. And it, at that point, it absolutely looks like a chew toy for an over-enthusiastic Rottweiler. It's just these <laughs> little plastic, scrabbly claw things that manage. It's the only bit of a velociraptor that's not impressive, right? And that's the bit you've just chosen to make the centerpiece of this action beat of like these little things sort of scratching away at it like underdeveloped cat's paws. And mm. I couldn't. I, as I say, I haven't been able to work out if it's this sort of Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan Velociraptor thing, or this like you know really cheap puppetry thing. Mm. Yeah. That makes me feel a little bit out of this sequence. But I really did feel a bit out of this sequence.
2: Yeah. So Raptor Rampage, they they all survive. I'm not quite sure what. <laughs> I'm,
1: I'm... I love it when there's just plot for you to exposit because you're just like, and they survive, and next. <laughs>
2: I'm not sure what Vince Vaughn's doing. I think he's just sort of inside going, well, I'm not going out there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's it as well. He's supposed to be this absolute kind of badass, the guy that you hire if you want somebody to take nice photos and or fuck shit up. Mm. And then in this climactic scene involving the most deadly predator the world's ever seen, he's inside, presumably upstairs behind a well-barricaded door, going, I don't know why they didn't just follow me, to be honest. Why didn't they just run faster? Survival of the fittest, that's what I'm talking about.
2: yeah. The helicopter shows up. Vince Vaughn says, "Get on the chopper." Uh, that, that's 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 going to be his end. Um, that's it. That's it. He, that's he just it. He, he just disappears from here. And farewell, wanna, Vince Vaughn. You've mentioned this we a couple of times. So, you. so do you want to explain to us?
1: What well, just, just, just how
2: strange this is.
1: Well, so the first time I watched it, I didn't even notice it. And yeah, well, then,
2: well, maybe maybe it does work then.
1: Maybe it does work, but they, but again, I was a teenager at the time. I was You're not watching anything yeah. Exactly I was sort of sitting there <laughs> going, Oh dinosaurs Um But It was really notable to me The second time I watched it a couple of years later And I was like Hang on Like Because I quite liked The Vince Vaughn character Like he's Because he's Vince Vaughn He's got that kind of Loose yet charming Kind of thing He's an interesting guy Like I was on board with him Having ripped him a new one In this next watch through But back then I was like Vince Vaughn is pretty cool Um But then um, I watched it, and I was like, cool, 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 Vince Vaughn, Vince Vaughn. And I got about five minutes into the San Diego sequence, what happens next. Hmm. And I was like, oh, where's Vince Vaughn? This is a bit boring. I wish Vince Vaughn was around. And then (laughs) I sort of sat watching the rest of the film going, where's Vince Vaughn? (laughs) Where the fuck is Vince Vaughn? Where's Vince Vaughn gone? I want Vince Vaughn. Like... And now I think that is a foolish thing to want more of in a film, but back then I I noticed it because I was like, "Where, where's he gone?" And then shortly after that, I read an interview with him in um, it was in Empire magazine. I was big Empire reader when I was a kid, and um, and it was an interview with him, and it was a user submitted user submitted question, which was, "What happens to your character in the Lost World?" And he literally just went, "I have no idea. I don't know. Beach holiday." (laughs) <laughs> no, that was that was it but if a director like spielberg has made a howler in continuity that's significant like all of this stuff into setting up this character whose purpose is to be there to go get on the chopper <laughs> and that's it that's his whole purpose and you can rag on him for it a few years later and still have a career in hollywood i feel like that's fair <laughs> But did yeah. did you bump against this then when you watched it? Is this just um, a be in my bonnet, or did it bother you?
2: No, it did. Yeah, it did. Sort of. It did seem strange that he just sort of he doesn't say he doesn't sort of say. I don't know. What, I don't know what I would, what I did want to happen though. If he, if he is sort of like this guy who's just appeared, you know, and now he's off. I can't I, put it this way. I think if he ended up like sitting eating popcorn with the with with Malcolm and his daughter and his. Malcolm's ex-girlfriend at the end it, that would have yeah. felt weird too so I think he does need to leave
1: but yeah, yeah but just, it's a, just, a, like just, just a kind of farewell it would it have yeah. killed you to do a, a you know 15 second sequence of how they too they leave the island and mm. get back to San Diego and like just putting a thing on that you know like <laughs> yeah, they just whatever land. it is S- we'll S- be S- going events. to the launch yeah, yeah. because I believe there'll be a tyrannosaur there and he goes oh no thanks I've had enough tyrannosaurs for me yeah. You know, just something cheesy like that. You know, I've got yeah. to go off and be terribly impressive with the mountain gorillas now. Something other than get on the chopper and then it's it. Then that's that's just <laughs> done.
2: I <laughs> reckon it should have just been the land and then, like, right, well, what are we going to do? And then Vince <laughs> phone's like, the phone rings. Uh, sorry, going to have to take this. Yeah, all right, see you later. <laughs> <laughs> That's it, yeah, just, just so, maybe
1: that was it. Maybe they were like, "We need to get rid of this character," and there's no way we can script this without making it seem drawing attention to the fact that he's been barely functional at all. Uh, but we've already got an agreement with Mister Vaughn's people, so we need to have him in. Fair enough. We'll just, we'll just cut past it and hope nobody notices. Uh,
2: I'd like, I'd loved it if it had landed, and um, and then Malcolm and they were all sort of standing around, and Malcolm's like, "Oh well." want to get some breakfast or something and Vince Vaughn just goes no thanks we'll see you later <laughs> no no they should have
1: done it where where they go do you want to get some breakfast or something and and Vince Vaughn goes maybe and and Malcolm just goes yeah I could murder a big plate of bacon and he just goes just just looks at him with disgust shakes his head slowly and walks away yeah like that as an environmentalist just be like <laughs> I'll <laughs> just You're like I'll cool, just sort of, cool. sort of
2: proper deadpan Like, do we get some breakfast? What were you guys? Yeah, wouldn't well, I thought, so uh, <laughs> <there."> <laughs> Well,
1: probably not. Uh, in a bit.
2: <laughs> anyway, he d- he does disappear for whatever reason, um, and we go back to we go back to San Diego. Film's over, right? Wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, in the original storyboarding for this film. Mm. The final action scene was the this group in the helicopter getting attacked by um, pterosaurs, you know, the winged dinosaurs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then they cut it and decided to do the dinosaur in the city instead because uh, Spielberg wanted to have a go at a sort of Godzilla-style scene.
1: I Right, and that, that was definitely the selling point for me on this film, where, they, where they, if there is a sequence... Of um uh of like a dinosaur in a in a city, that's what you tell somebody in order to be like, Yeah, no, in this one shit gets real. Like that's your sort of set piece action thing. Hmm. And I was on board with it. But they just seem to lead into it in such a weird way. Like it just seems to be executed in such a bizarre way, this particular sequence.
2: Hm. Yeah yeah which which anyway. we'll come
1: to but I don't want to take away your uh, the the next the next fantastic bit of plot exposition that you need to do because it's a cracker
2: so yeah so we we're, we're in the city peter ludlow's back saying get ready for the arrival of the tyrannosaur or it's going to be an arrival alright because <laughs> the the boat's coming in at like i don't know a million knots <laughs> <laughs> Hits the dock like a fucking freight train,
1: (laughs) (laughs) and and the moment when like everybody in that room, right? So so it's a great appearing moment. Like I really love it. This like ship appearing out of the fog at a million knots, smacking into the pier. Like it's a really well executed thing. But I have two questions. First of all, why this? (laughs) ship as far as we can tell contains a tyrannosaur which is clearly shown to have been well held within the within the the hold of the of the ship right Mm. like it's not running around the decks because it's a fucking tyrannosaurus and it wouldn't fit through any of the doors so what has happened that has caused the crew of this ship to disappear because it's not because in the first book again this is from the first book where they're trying to stop mm. this ship getting to the mainland because there are velociraptors on board that are killing everybody. Well,
2: right. uh, this, this apparently this is what happens in this one, and there's a there was a scene that they were going to film with raptors on the boat which they didn't film.
1: But well, first of all, that's astoundingly lazy for this sort of budget <laughs> level, but also. <laughs> Come up with something else to have happened then. Because, you, okay, you're not going to do the Velociraptors because you don't want to also have Velociraptors running around San Diego because they would be a lot harder to capture, credibly. Um, so what's happened? Has everybody just had a really terrible steak last night? Everybody had the same big pot of chili and it's just screwed everybody up? Or, <laughs> like, right? so that's my first question. Like, how how comes it that this... The only thing still alive on this boat is the Tyrannosaur and the Tyrannosaurus Junior. Mm. My other question is... The, the scene where the, the boat smacks into the dock... The way it's set up is the boat's coming in very, very quick. And somebody's on the radio in the glass-sided hut right on the edge of the harbour front... Whose job it is to look out into the mist and radio ships, I suppose. And mm-hmm. goes, you're moving very quickly please respond. You're moving very quickly. Please respond. You're moving very quickly. Please respond. And it shows it getting closer and closer and closer on the radar. Like, at a truly unhealthy rate of knots. (laughs) The only person in the room who runs away is Ludlow, who is the only person in the room who knows fuck all about marine navigation. Everybody else in that room is going, I'm sure it's not moving that quickly and is about to make a mockery of me, me, you, this building, and indeed 20 yards of boardwalk immediately behind this building. I'm sure it's going to (laughs) be... Right? Like... That's what happens. The only person that survives it is the only person that can't read marine radar.
2: (laughs) I always thought the boat hit the dock sort of next to the... uh control room so they could no, see that it was hitting it like, totals
1: the control room does it? <laughs> it, which is why it's another setup moment for Peter Ludlow as a slimy tick which you don't really need to do at this point in the in the narrative but you know fair enough whatever um, but yeah mm. he sees it coming in and everybody else is just standing there looking out being terribly I don't know professional slash yeah. mind-blowingly unprofessional and and Ludlow just sort of sidles back and looks sideways and then just sort of runs out and the camera tracks with him and mm. he looks up as he's tracking, running away. And he looks up, and you see the ship emerge out of the fog. But mm. then it absolutely totals the the whatever it is the sea traffic control booth or, or whatever you call it. Oh, what a it. Yeah. shame for him. Yeah, anyway. yeah.
2: So they go, they go onto the boat to look for survivors, and uh, <laughs> Ludlow's like, "Open up the cargo hold. There might be survivors down there." There's a survivor, all right. They open it. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> out comes their ex.
1: <laughs> and this is a great scene in fairness although one does yeah. sort of wonder if it was that easy for this thing to break out of it what is it was it big, difficult to break out before because it was hermetically sealed and the moment there's a tiny crack in the door t-rex is like right i'm having it
2: yeah to be honest again yeah the t-rex was in this like amazingly Restrictive cage, the last time we saw it, so quite how it got out of that for a start. Oh, yeah, it
1: was on deck, was, wasn't it? Because they were watching it on TV and it's escorted by the flipping. Oh, no, no, Navy. no, no,
2: that, that's that, that's when it's going back. Oh, is this that is, the end? But, Sorry. but when when Roland shoots it, uh, he's sort of he's he, last because he, he gets a final scene, he gets a sort of goodbye, he's yeah. um sitting next to the T Rex and it's sort of in this cage. Yeah. On the island. So they got it on that. Why didn't yeah. they just sort of winch that thing on? But anyway, yeah, none of this really makes sense. Even if it was a Velociraptor attack, um, I don't know why they, I assume, released the dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, it's like all dinosaurs
1: together, isn't it.
2: <laughs> We're going to get you out of here, Rexy, don't you worry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's it. We've got a scheme, see? A scheme. We need... <laughs> We need the muscle. We need the muscle. We got the brains. We got the claws, but we need the muscle. Okay, Rexy, you in? Okay.
2: Yeah, it's like some. It's like some amazing Ocean's Eleven dinosaur. That's version. it, but go, like a really low rent
1: version. They're all there in sort of thirties flat caps and like roll up cigarettes. Just like hmm. we got to take them out. See, we got to take them out. It's time for the dinosaurs to rise. The dinosaurs are going to rise. We're going to take out the Rockefeller Building.
2: See, it would have been really easy. If, if it was for this sort of... For it to be a raptor attack, just to have, like, a dead raptor with a crew member in its sort of jaws, like they just died fighting together.
1: Yeah. Just, yeah. just one, one raptor, yeah. yeah. And then it works. Mm. But they didn't bother.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we get the Rexy rampage through um, through this city. Just a few highlights. Um, he it, it drinks from a swimming pool and eats a dog um
1: b- b- before we get there actually before but before we get to the highlight of eating a dog which i agree is a, an, an absolute winner um um before that bit there's the bit where malcolm and sarah are chasing it through the streets in a red convertible because why not mm-hmm. um i'm not sure why they're there like were they on board the ship were they did they just come out to sort of close the narrative circle get a bit of yeah, that's closure. it. They,
2: they, they, they turned up to have, a, to have a watch and they wouldn't let him in. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. yeah,
1: no, you're right. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So, so yeah, and um, no, it still doesn't
2: th- explain why they,
1: you know, yeah, why they're like, and This and is our problem. job to fix this situation. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, we're as good as anybody at, at placating T Rexes. Um, mm. we've definitely shown that we can't do it. We're, we're three turns down on everybody else in this city, but we're the Problem solvers. No, um the other good thing is that there's a bit where a T Rex front ends a bus into a video rental store. Which which first of all, epic nineties kid flashback of memory there. Remember when mm-hmm. there used to be video stores? But secondly, I don't know if you noticed this, but there are video there are like cardboard <laughs> Husting yeah, things Did you notice? <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. I, I'm sorry if I'm stealing your thunder on this because I <laughs> no. thought it was before he's in the suburbs. <laughs> but did you did you note know them all then? So I only noticed one of them. Did you get them all?
2: Um, well, I, th- there was one. There was one with um, uh, the oh the dude from. Um, the dude from the, G- the plays the genie in Aladdin what's he called oh Robin Williams Robin Williams there's one of him I think it's like Robin in the Beanstalk Jack in the Beanstalk or something Yeah. Um, but the other one's my favourite did you see the other one
1: no I, I, it was <laughs> is it well I'm going to tell you what I think I remember it being and then you can tell me if it really was this <laughs> okay. preposterous it's amazing is it is it, is, is it Arnold Schwarzenegger gives us Hamlet
2: it's close it's, yeah it's Arnold Schwarzenegger gives us King
1: Lear King Lear, that's <laughs> even better. You imagine a muscle pound Arnold Schwarzenegger sitting around trying to hunch his shoulders, blow wind and shake thy fists.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's a poster for that Arnold Schwarzenegger King Lear. Brilliant,
1: absolutely. Hats off. There's so much, so much other nonsense in this film, but I'll tell you that—that's gold.
2: Yeah, but, <laughs> a couple of other of my favourite bits of the Rexy Rampage. In no particular order. Um, The bit where he knocks over that massive um, eight ball thing uh, and it rolls down the street, which is a bit of a classic sort of scene. I think I've seen it in other films that. Um, (laughs) One of the really strange bits, um, all the people are running away and um, some of them are Japanese tourists and um, they're all shouting and apparently one of them's shouting, I moved away from Tokyo to get away from this.
1: (laughs) Really, yeah. <laughs> bloody hell! Oh my word! That's to get away from this. Oh dearie me!
2: other reference. Yeah, um, absolutely. <laughs> uh, and the other, only other thing I was going to say was, um, there's this poor, poor guy who uh, everyone's running away from the Tyrannosaur and he tries to run into this building, and he gets eaten. Yeah, do you remember that bit? Do you I know do. who that is? No, who is it? <laughs> it's the screenwriter. It's David Kep.
1: Is he really? That's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you cameo. can have a cameo as somebody being eaten by a Tyrannosaur. Eaten by your own creation, David. It's art. Anyway, here we yeah. go. Fake blood on your face. Yeah. Um, I have a question about the Rexy Rampage. Yeah. So, we ca- is the this eye? is a, the, the other epic smash cut in this film. Um, one is, where did Vince Vaughn go? The mm. other is, where did all of the police fire... news helicopters and two paleontologists in a red convertible go when Rexy decided to depart downtown and go and eat a dog and drink from a swimming pool. <laughs> Cuz there is like this is the quietest suburbia. And I understand what he's doing. Spielberg's makes you know like E.T. E- e- e, very suburbia film. He grew up in suburbia. It's all about that kind of incredible quietness and the contrast between that and the ex- excitement in the world and you know having having a kid go to his parents and say there's a dinosaur in the backyard. <laughs> Funny. Hmm. But where the fuck have the news cameras gone? Like, this thing has literally just wrecked downtown San Diego and then has just managed to slip off. Like, I just, I'll just <laughs> nip over here, just leave you all talking about this. <laughs> they had news helicopters in the late 90s, I know for sure. So where have they gone?
2: I don't know. I don't remember exactly which order all this happens. Um, it would have made sense. I don't know if it actually happens this way. For, for the Rexy Rampage to begin with the dog... And then, sort of, then he goes on and runs a mock in the city centre. But
1: I, no, because he's got a break out of the of the docks, which are in the city centre. So there's this all oh, right. of this, all of this, you know, like really <laughs> properly taking, doing some serious damage to quite a lot of insurance premiums. Is what <laughs> is how I would describe this situation. <laughs> and you know, those insurance companies, by the way, describe this as an act of God. But nonetheless, um, yeah. And then he's just in suburbia, just just hanging Ooh. out, just doing his thing.
2: Okay, well, if it's, that, if it's that order, yeah, that is a bit strange. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Ian and Sarah drive over to the like area where they're going to build the mini Jurassic Park and steal the baby Tyrannosaur with, with no resistance from the guards just because they have to. What could possibly
1: go wrong? <laughs> the,
2: the plot demands it. We're taking the plot it, demands it. We've literally done
1: this once already and somebody died... And we all nearly got killed. Okay, brilliant, let's do it again, but this time in a heavily populated area. Yeah. What could go wrong?
2: Um, Well, they do manage to lure the Tyrannosaur back to the ship um, with the baby, um, and then they leave it there, make a run for it. Peter Ludlow follows it down, showing, again,
1: yeah, <laughs> Showing the fruit of an education that cost more than somebody else's suit or something like
2: that. <laughs> yeah, he goes down there to try and, I assume, get the baby himself, um, and the Tyrannosaur follows him down there, and between them they they eat him. Um, this is obviously a, a parallel to, to what happens with Dodgson in the book, but I do think sort of done less well because... Ludlow makes a decision that in no sort of sane reality he would make he's not going to go down there
1: yeah why I mean does he want to get something out like why
2: if he wants the baby why would he go and get it himself
1: yeah like the whole thing about people like that as we know perfectly well is that they have people to go and die on their behalf
2: (laughs) yeah send a minion in
1: yeah exactly send four or five send Carter (laughs)
2: Well, if only pull one pull out. One out. <laughs> <laughs> then we get to the the end. They're all sitting like uh, Malcolm and uh, Sarah and Kelly are sitting on the couch with a popcorn, watching the Tyrannosaur being transported back to the island as yeah. John Hammond gives a a rousing speech about how about naturalism. To, yeah, we need to leave them alone. Turn this into a nature preserve. Let's forget about them even being there on the island which people take on board amazingly i assume something slipped into the water of everybody around (laughs) the world because because by the time the lost world 2 comes round, nobody remembers this island at all
1: nobody (laughs) even knows it
2: exists
1: (laughs) that's that's very true and there are there are a number of problems with the ongoing the idea of an ongoing jurassic park universe Within, within which everybody's forgotten there's just this island full of dinosaurs. But, I mean, but he must have slipped everybody in the world something before that to be able to get away with the big old twinkly dicky Attenborough eyes. <laughs> and ignoring the fact that there's just been horrifying destruction in a major u.s city which is directly traceable to decisions that he made and then he gets to go on tv in his dressing gown like a sort of non-threatening version of hugh hefner and start talking about how important it is to save the fucking whale no john no you do not get to come out of this with a positive reputation game over (laughs)
2: I'd love it if as he's giving this speech they cut to some of like some of the families of the pins that have been eaten. A just reaction shot.
1: Like we went and spoke to some of the families. <laughs> That's just what the news would do. Definitely. That's exactly what it is. That's the smash cut that we didn't get. That's why Spielberg <laughs> doesn't doesn't direct the news.
2: <laughs> Hammond branded insensitive. Yeah,
1: exactly. That's exactly it, <laughs> isn't it?
2: <laughs> Vile comments.
1: Yeah. Quote I'm gobsmacked. Says mother of four. <laughs> yeah. My the dog only... was eaten, says small child from suspiciously quiet <laughs> suburb. He
2: talks about absence. The only absence we need oh! is these dinosaurs.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Leave him in peace, John Hammond. I should be so lucky. <laughs>
2: Throw away the key," says Mum of Eat beaten dog.
1: <laughs> brilliant, brilliant! Oh, that's very that's that's uh, that is what was missing, and I need that. I, and you could have built a great Jurassic World off of that. Just like, mm. just kind of like you start with John Hammond getting locked up and carried away, <laughs> and then that's that's your narrative seed. But they just threw it away, yeah. threw it away.
2: Yeah. So, a film that is sort of peppered with implausible moments ends on an incredibly implausible ending, <laughs> uh, and so it ends, Dave. What <laughs> were There it is.
1: There it is. Well, it ended with a shot of a pterodactyl, which at the time I thought was really cool because it was like, "Oh, isn't that this is the bit, the thing I haven't seen? That was cool." But now mm. I watch it and I was like, "You're telling me you could have done pterodactyls and you chose not to? What <laughs> the hell, Spielberg? Yeah. What the hell?" Um, yeah, interestingly, I feel like this has stood up to a close watching more than the book did. But I think that's because I thought the book was genuinely good, and it turned out to be rather middling. Whereas I was pretty convinced this was fairly mediocre, and it is. But mm. we've we've had a good laugh with it, and that is what I'm after when we do these sort of close readings. But to put it in the same universe as Jurassic Park, which I still think is one of the one of the best sort of adventure films i've ever made like that has ever been made that i've ever seen Hmm. um he's just feels a bit weird it's almost like an afterthought like it feels like it should have been straight to video yeah um but yeah what did you think
2: yeah it's 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 a decent watch if you just don't think too hard isn't it um you know there's there's some good action set pieces but yeah as a sort of as a story it's it's not the best. It's bobbins. Yeah, yeah. it's bobbins. <laughs> um, okay, we've got two things that we do to round this up. One is reviews from around the internet. Um, and the other we tend to do with these when we do book to film is character comparisons, um, as in which one we prefer. So I've got a list of them here.
1: Excellent. Before you do that, though, Matt, mm. I, I have something to drop in here unscheduled, which Ooh. I think I think may be pleasing. You're not gonna try and sell
2: something, are you? No,
1: no, no. But you know what everybody uses, Matt? Cleaning products. Word
2: from (laughs) our sponsors, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, maybe Matt, maybe. Because I are you are you by any chance in a position to open a web browser? Oh god okay.
2: The last time we did this we ended up on Jurassic Park fan fiction. No, Erotica. no, don't worry
1: about. No, it's not going to be that bad. It's, <laughs> uh, yeah, but let's let's just take a moment again to say seriously, <laughs> the internet. What the hell? No, this is this is much better than that. Matt, type in Good. for me, would you please? www mm-hmm. lost hyphen world dot yeah. com yeah. slash ingen
2: yeah.
1: slash index dot html. Load it up. What's that?
2: Is this? Welcome to the intranet building. Is this the actual ingen- This is
1: This is legit. This is a promotional website that was made as part of the launch of the film back when the internet was just the most amazing thing, the most incredibly futuristic thing, right? And it's still live. Somebody at Universal Studios has still Whoa. not cancelled the hosting for this. Copyright 1997, Universal City Studios Incorporated. <laughs> now, I've... I've done a bit of pre-reading here, Matt, to take us through the absolute (laughs) highlights.
2: Okay. The absolute (laughs) highlights.
1: I'll admit that I have not dug into the the full glory of the employee handbook, but I'll just take you across the top navigation here. Um, Well, first of all, introduction. Welcome to InGen, where we're building the future out of the pieces of yesterday. (laughs) Picking up the pieces. (laughs) Glorious, isn't it? Um, Across the top, we've got five sections, Matt, which we can choose from here. So uh, I'll leave the choice to you. Humans, marketing, security, (laughs) systems, or dinosaurs? (laughs)
2: Dinosaurs. (laughs) Obviously,
1: right? Okay, so we go to dinosaurs, and and, um, what we have here, actually, is a list of dinosaurs, some of which are from Jurassic Park, and some of which are not from this film at all, including one called Piscitacosaurus, right? Mm. Right, so brilliantly, they've actually put in their very own Tobias Fungasaurus, who doesn't appear anywhere on screen, on this website as well. Uh, so, which one of those dinosaurs would you like?
2: God, okay. Um, can we, let's try the the weird one, the one. That be, yeah, is it another word for Carnotaurus? <laughs> <It's>,
1: <laughs> no, but its its habits are described in a way which are about as impressive as the Carnotaurus. Matt. habits, <laughs> harmless, toothless and guileless these geriatric looking (laughs) beasts come closer to actual friendliness than and then the frame cuts off because this is web 1.0 than any other dinosaur in the park while nervous around other animals they have taken quite an affinity to people often approaching the boats (laughs) I tell you what I tell you what Twenty quid to be on the first boat ride where one of those approach the boats and you're the driver going. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's fine. They're just very, very friendly. They're very lovely.
2: <laughs> Harmless, toothless, and guileless. Harmless that sounds, toothless that sounds toothless. like a like a, a, a football pundit summing up like a poor performance. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Harmless, toothless, and guileless. Chelsea nil, Manchester City six. <laughs>
2: oh this is great yeah well um i'd thoroughly recommend oh i've just gone to the security
1: page i know it's cracking isn't it (laughs) a
2: message message from jim butcher security what's it all about anyway in my mind it's freedom from fear and anxiety wow what's that yeah
1: i mean like that's that's pretty flipping that's pretty flipping kind of philosophical for a head of security um (laughs) Um, this is sorry. This is I'm on the in development page, which is where they announce again. This is supposed to be an intranet. The hell sure. that means, you know? Like this is no, this is not supposed to be public. Yeah. But uh, kudos to Megan Odell, whose brilliant ad campaign has carried those stuffed Compsognathus comp dolls all the way to the bank. The Compy Kids, capital K's, <laughs> have proven to be very popular overseas, especially in France, where they can't seem to get enough of these plush furry creatures. Talk about <laughs> les enfants terribles. <laughs> And then, gets better, last but certainly not least, the results are in, and they're great! Early tests of Dilophosaur! The chewing gum have met with amazing results. For those of you not acquainted with the product, this flavorful chewing gum will allow kids to spit in all the colours of the rainbow. <laughs>
2: well, this is great stuff. So if, if you want to have a comb through this yourself, so it's basically a fake... Um, Jurassic Park, like in so basically, it's basically the InGen web, internal website, isn't it? Um, and you can get it as you say, www.lost hyphen com slash InGen slash index dot html. Be careful typing in the name because it's, it's not because the easiest one. it's
1: possible to get it wrong,
2: <laughs> it is, but um, yeah, that's great. Is there any, any other highlights that you came that's across that
1: you want to share? Well, there there is there are a couple of, um, uh, rather brilliantly, there's an email system. And I can't <laughs> right. get into John Hammond's inbox, which I think we can all agree is very, very sad. Yeah. But the security guys... <laughs> Jim Butcher. <laughs> this is incredible. To Butcher J from Hammond J, re-security breach. What's going on around there? You assured me that all sensitive files would be encrypted. Don't worry, no one, not even Nedry, can get in, you said this network is 100 percent secure see the attached file it was recovered by my granddaughter lex she was doing her homework on my pc and stumbled on the password for site b site b for god's sakes you know what would happen if word ever got out that well i certainly don't have to tell you what a disaster it would be oh, passwords. this is brilliant i cannot get enough of this stuff and we've got an outbox here re-security breach i apologize for the breach that's it. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. He's getting fired, isn't he?
2: <laughs> I need a better explanation than that butcher.
1: <laughs> I apologise. Anyway, I thought that would be fun. I, I couldn't believe it. Like I came across this one when, when I was watching the film, and it was sort of like, how is this still real? How is yeah. this still? But it's all there, and there's way more than that. Like it's somebody put effort into this.
2: Yeah, amazing. Well, go check it out, and you can have a. If you want a bit more, sort of, I suppose is it a fish is it a cannon this i suppose it is isn't it because the people behind it find yeah. out a bit more about the bizarre stuff that they were up to in gen um and maybe it sort of gives a little bit more realism to the crazy idea of going stealing dinosaurs and opening up a park but yeah who knows maybe so. Maybe
0: so.
2: so yeah let's um let's move in then to character wars ian malcolm do you prefer book malcolm or film malcolm
1: I mean, film Malcolm is portrayed by by Jeff Goldblum, the Goldblum so it's everything that yeah. book Malcolm is plus Jeff Goldblum. I don't know how I can not love film Malcolm more.
2: Yeah, me too. I, I actually didn't like book Malcolm particularly because he he seems to be like both both a bullshitter yeah, um, because he constantly like says I've got the answers and never actually gives them. Yeah. And also, like, just the fact he just doesn't tell anyone about the dinosaurs <laughs> until they're on the island. <laughs> until they're
1: on the. By the way, <laughs> yeah, it's not very well conceived, isn't it? It's very one-dimensional.
2: Yeah, so that's that's two for two for film, Malcolm. Sarah Harding,
1: book all the way by some distance. I'm like I'm. I mean, outrage is an easy thing to sort of whip up these days, is it? But <laughs> honestly like it's such a letdown for there to be this absolutely straightforwardly action-driving kick-ass female character in the book who in the film is reduced to getting making stupid mistakes getting yeah. chased by puppets and being the person who gets knocked out in the uh, trailer sequence rather than the person who helps everybody survive the trailer sequence you know
2: yeah yeah no i, I go got for, for for books error as well um eddie carr book or film
1: I've got to go for the film because, again, Richard Schiff. Like, like, great. like, And plus also that delivery of that line, like, that's funny. Just <laughs> for that alone, you know, Toby Ziegler does disposable tertiary character in a Michael Crichton film all the way.
2: <laughs> I, I want to say book, Eddie, for this one. Oh, yeah. Because just because I, I, I like the sort of the younger version where he's a bit more sort of a little bit naive, but also you know he's, he's he's got those like he he seems to be the the only one who's thought things through in terms of getting the kit right and he's <laughs> yeah. sort of and he's constantly like he always seems to sort of want to make the right decision but often gets forced into the wrong one and yeah. i always feel yeah. it's a real shame that he gets killed because he's the guy who kind of does everything right and gets yeah. killed exactly. and everybody else makes a lot of stupid mistakes and survives so um, yeah. I think
1: that's that's fair. certainly like as a character he's got a better arc than Eddie has in the film but I'm sticking with I'm sticking with Richard Schiff
2: <laughs> uh, okay put one each down for those ones. okay Levine doesn't really have a counterpart. So I, I've, I've put him up against um, geeky paleontologist uh, <laughs> Robert <Barker. laughs> Levine's sure a knob
1: end in the book, but at least he's a three-dimensional knob end, whereas, uh, whereas the, um, the, the geeky paleontologist, his entire purpose is to do exposition and then get eaten in a waterfall. <laughs> I'm Levine all the way.
2: Um, book Kelly and Arby, or film Kelly...
1: Book. It's interesting they've got somebody to talk to. They, you know, they sort of have a little, you know, play back and forth. Whereas, mm. again, Kelly's role is to be a recipient of exposition, uh, a reason to be terrified about what's going to happen to them all up in the high hide, and then to do some gymnastics. That's her role. Yeah, and it's not very much. Whereas in the book, they're really great together.
2: I'm going to go for film because Kelly in the book. I don't think does anything. Oh yeah, no, she 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 fires um she fires that gun from the motorcycle. But apart from that, she just eats sandwiches. And she, um, no, and
1: and she works out that 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 crawl passage thing. She's like, oh no,
2: you're right. Actually, she yeah, does do that. Yeah. She,
1: you know, she's like, she's she thinks broad instead of focusing on the one problem. She thinks laterally, gets everybody out. You know what? That's enough for me. I'm going to give it to book. There it is,
2: definitely. <laughs> Excellent, um, and also because Kelly in the film does that ridiculous episode with the campfire as well. It's oh. hard to forgive. Um, Dodgson yeah. versus Ludlow.
1: um Dodgson, Ludlow yeah. does a pretty good job with some fairly shallow lines, but Dodgson is just a complete bastard. Like I'm far more complete bastard than Ludlow is.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I think actually this um, in both the film and the book. These are sort of two of the stronger characters because I think the villains are quite good. Um, yeah. And Dodgson's, yeah, Dodgson's a lot of fun. Um, especially because he's, as we said, one of the rare Crichton characters till li- they really dropped the F-bomb around. And, uh, <laughs> no, sure. Yeah, and L- Ludlow's a-, a very good sort of version of this sort of posh, like posh bastard, really. Yeah, yeah, So, yeah, but yeah, I give it book as well. Uh, Roland Tembo... Again, he doesn't really have a counterpart. He's probably kind of like Dodgson, isn't he? He's half of Dodgson. Um, sort of, yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll put him up against King, the candy bar eating, oh. Jeep Wrangler driving, <laughs> Tyrannosaur egg throwing. Um, <laughs>
1: useless. Useless wanker. Tembo all the way, film. Like, like uh, Pete again, Pete Postlethwaite. It's, it's so much of this is not coming down to what they actually are or do in the film, so much as who they're played by. <laughs> and I think that was the gamble they made on all of these things. If we give Pete Postlethwaite a massive check, he will come and be Pete Postlethwaite for us, and that will be enough.
2: Yeah, and it's all this. I might. I, I, I'm, I'm leaning towards giving it King because I find him hilarious, but. Just the simple fact. The simple fact that Roland says Elvis the Pompadour. Yeah, I mean, he's that's got to take it.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. The bold one. Fry Attack.
2: <laughs> um, RJ or Baselton?
1: Oh, Basilton's a slimy, horrible piece of work, but RJ <laughs> has eight words to say. Um, survives getting hit by a flying car, I suppose.
2: That's pretty good, yeah. Uh yeah. Oh, RJ, ba- ba- Basil- just
1: hate Basilton.
2: Basilton eats eggs more noisily than anyone ever.
1: I mean, that is that's a telling argument.
2: I, I did like Basilton's like well, I didn't see anything routine. Right? <laughs> it's true. He's it's the <laughs> best. The scary. best.
1: It was that flawless. <laughs> flawlessly executed and therefore slightly one suspects over-practiced. I didn't see anything <laughs> of. I was downstairs.
2: <laughs> Which one are you going to go for? RJ Yeah, I'll I'll throw on Basilton's way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right on, right on.
2: The the final one I've got is Doc Thorne versus... Uh, Vince Vaughn
1: (laughs) (laughs) Doc Thorne Doc Thorne on toast Doc Thorne all day long Doc I don't understand why they removed him from it He's a great character
2: (laughs) Yeah I prefer Doc Thorne To to, to Vince Sorry Vince I liked you in Dodgeball But not so
1: much (laughs) (laughs) You inspire us all to be wedding crashes But no
2: (laughs) That means it finishes Book 12 and film six. So the book is twice as good as the film. Solid victory
1: that. for the book there, I feel.
2: Yeah, i probably I'll probably go along with that. The book is roughly twice as good as the film. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Fair enough. That's true, that's true. Even though it let me let my expectations down a lot more on this yeah. read-through. Um, but yeah, I agree. Certainly it's a cohesive piece of work. It's got more to it than the film has. <laughs>
2: Uh, She will do some reviews from around the internet. Oh
1: yes, I love reviews. This is fantastic.
2: Um, Interestingly, the Lost World doesn't really have that, from what I could tell, that many people who absolutely love it.
1: Um, Oh, that's interesting.
2: Plenty of people who hate it, and a lot of people say,
1: (laughs) (laughs) "Oh wow!" So this is weighted way down at the sort of one, two star range. Well, no, no, five stars.
2: because there are also a lot of people who are like, oh, come on, it's not bad, it's just not amazing. Yeah. Um, so so Jed, Jed did think it was amazing. He gave it five stars. He says, of course it doesn't live up... <laughs> even though he gave it five stars, of course it doesn't live up to the first part. The Lost World provides exciting action, cool dinosaurs, and some masterly film scenes that absolutely make up for some silly moments and a tedious Julianne Moore. <sighs> Thoughts?
1: Sarah Harding is a tedious character. Hmm. I don't think Julianne Moore is a tedious actress, even with this tedious character. Um, Like, I still. There were moments where the light shone through. Uh, But yeah, it is quite telling that even somebody who's given it five stars wants to describe one of its main leads as tedious.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Todd gave it four stars. This might be the best review, actually. He gave it four stars and said. The T-Rex killed the dog. That's the only reason it's not five stars. The rest was fine.
1: What? <laughs> what? That's the... Goodness, there's Spielberg misreading his audience, innit? That's <laughs> supposed to be in there fairly clearly as a somewhat grisly crowd pleaser. You know, a sort of laugh you guil- you're, you're kind of feel guilty to have kicked out. But... Wow. What's
2: that noise?
1: It's the car wash outside my house. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea why somebody has That's a kazoo out screaming. there but some fuck has got a kazoo. <laughs> and I'm going to... Okay. Do you know what? On the edit, we're going to leave this in, because otherwise people are going to be like, what the hell is going on with Dave?
2: <laughs> um, Matt, there are, two, there are two reviewers here called Matthew. Neither of them me. Um, <laughs> <but> Inconceivable. Matt, <laughs> Matt gave it three stars, and one line, uh, not as good as the first, but way better than the third, was his review. Um, I think right, we can yeah, but, board with like,
1: that I've coughed up phlegm after difficult nights with a heavy cold that's better than Jurassic Park 3 let's be honest
2: Yeah, if you're a Jurassic Park super fan um, and you don't want to hear a bad word said about it then um, I, I may advise you to give our watch through when we do it of Jurassic Park <laughs> 3 a miss because <laughs> I think that would be pretty unforgiving
1: the kn- the knuckle dusters are already out. It's going to be... It's going to get the full Da Vinci Code treatment for its own <laughs> ludicrousness. Alan! Right.
2: Um, the
1: Save it, Matt. Save it. Save it.
2: <laughs> do you know the bit I'm referencing there? I do, yeah. <laughs> Alan! Right. Um, <laughs> Matthew D. gave it one star. Uh, Matthew D. says, A poor sequel with little premise... Director Steven Spielberg manages to not capture any of the magic from Jurassic Park. Horrible writing and dialogue makes you hate those unlikable characters. Out of the 50 or so characters we meet, you only like Jeff Goldblum's Dr Malcolm, and that's because he was so great in Jurassic Park. <coughs> Sorry. Um, Julianne Moore, again, is a great actress, given nothing to do, and ends up coming across as annoying. Malcolm's daughter is unnecessary... Vince Vaughn is easy to hate. He can't act. <laughs> He's just terrible. I hated this cast. Overall, The Lost World is a thoroughly unpleasant movie rife with cliches and irrational behaviour.
1: <laughs> um. Now, my, my problem here is that I'm struggling to find a specific thing that I can refute in that torrent <laughs> of bile. And the only thing I can object to, really is the idea that it's a thoroughly unpleasant movie. I didn't find it nasty. I wasn't watching it going, oh I'm really sad I've given this my time. Mm. It was just poorly thought through and poorly executed from a filmmaker in particular from whom you would expect much much better.
0: Mm.
1: And particularly because he directed the first epoch making installment of this series. <laughs> you know, um yeah. this is like George Lucas giving us um, episode one, right after giving us Episode four, you know what I mean? Like just mm. going from the sublime to the ridiculous, Maybe, maybe it's not quite that bad. Who's um, cackling? My my audience outside in the uh, in the the car wash outside my study window are loving it. I should explain, by the way, the reason I'm doing this, for those who don't know, I live in Cambodia. And um, it's a very, everybody lives outside on the street, which is usually really cool. Um, but my challenge is that my house is immediately in between a car wash, which apparently in, in which apparently kazoos are a very important operative part, we've discovered today. Uh, on the other side, they're building a 30-story skyscraper next door to my house so if you weren't here in the kazoo you'd be hearing the sound of a team of 25 guys not being paid nearly <laughs> enough to pour concrete into very deep holes in the ground with a lot of clanking that's the uh, those are my those are my background noise options for today <laughs>
2: um okay brandon one star this is the last time i'll ever talk an ex- Hang on, us start again. Brandon, one star. This is the last time I'll ever take an ex-girlfriend's movie recommendation. I'm here to tell you straight up: this movie sucks. The story, in my eyes, is entirely based on a stupid decision too. Why in the world would you go to an island different than the one in the first film with your sole purpose being to take inventory of the dinosaurs? An absolute train wreck.
1: <laughs> oh, the thing is, Matt, we've kicked out about two and a half hours worth of content on this and we haven't got it that pithy and that sort of hats off. It's taken us two and a half hours to say what he said in a single line. Why would you go to an island to take inventory of the dinosaurs? Why indeed?
2: Um... John Freakin J give it four and a half stars and this is a review that certainly resonates with me and I expect will resonate with you, Dave. There were Carnotauruses in the book that got replaced with raptors. Hopefully the Carnos will make an appearance in Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom.
1: <laughs> yeah, me. And you and Tobias Funchesaurus sitting on the sofa waiting for the call that never came for casting yeah. for The Lost World. <laughs> yeah. Sad, isn't it? Sad. Yeah.
2: Uh, I've got news for you, John. Um, they don't make an appearance <laughs> in that either. Oh, dear. Um, what was the other one? What was the pericycatic other the, well, the timid, I, guileless, toothless ones. Toothless ones.
1: <laughs> I... Um, I actually can't remember the name of it and I've now closed the window, but I can tell you that it was um it was it was a, a uh, it was the Greek for parrot lizard. <laughs> parrot face basically is what it's called.
2: Yeah, that's the only dinosaur lamer than the Ghana <laughs> Uh Stephen T, three and a half stars, a solid sequel to the original JP. This is and um I've rendered it up with co Cole who gave it five stars. I thought this was quite good because he gives it five stars, which, let's not forget, is the best rating you can give it, and opens (laughs) with the line, obviously it's not as good as the first
1: film. You're making a mockery of the whole star rating system.
2: (laughs) He says, obviously it's not as good as the first film, but The Lost World still delivers a pretty entertaining thrill ride with impressive visual effects intense action sequences I had a likeable performance by Jeff Goldblum as the eccentric Ian Malcolm
1: Can't argue with that no. Well the performance as Ian Malcolm was pretty good but it's weird that the, both the one star and the five star things I'm like I suppose I can if mm. I ignore slash hugely over interpret and focus on the bad bits I could get to either of those mm. and I suppose that's you need a sort of negative three star review for how I feel about this film. Is that it was it was eh. It's meh. You know what I mean? I'm not saying mm. there would be, yeah, it's just eh fine. Alright, it exists. And um and, and that's kind of sad because as I say when I watched this one I was a teenager, I um I enjoyed it so much <laughs> that I had a dream about it.
2: I'm sorry. That sounds like a dinosaur behind. You. Yeah, that, no. What that was was
1: somebody who was very keen to get away from the car wash. They parked their <laughs> car, a car. They've had it washed. Yeah, that was an engine. Did it really sound like a
2: dinosaur? I thought it did.
1: That's hilarious. Oh. Maybe you just got dinosaurs on the brain, Matt.
2: Yeah, dinosaurs on the brain. Well, I think that's where we should end it. So, as Dave says, an okay film. Pop it back on the shelf, and uh, <laughs> we'll be back with next a next rainy bank holiday. Next time. <laughs> um, we will be um, we'll be doing the other films Jurassic Park films at some point um, but we're going to take a bit of a break from Jurassic Park now move on to yeah. something completely different a book uh, perhaps yes so until then uh, as ever if you want to get in touch podcast at gmail.com and uh, also find us on your iTunes podcast app leave us a review we've had a, we've had a few five star reviews thank you very much even if you think we're average Do what Brandon did and give us five stars anyway. Give us a five-star
1: review. (laughs) Obviously, it's not as good as other podcasts, but there's no reason for me not to give it a five-star review. (laughs) Not as good as other podcasts. Five stars.
0: (laughs) (laughs) See you next time.